Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Being Inspired Radio Show. I am Amanda Johnson, your host, and I'm so glad to be back. I'm really looking forward to introducing you to our guest today. She is coming all the way from Sweden. Uh, she happens, though, to be here on U.S. soil as she is recording this uh, interview with me today. But she is just such a bright light of a woman. I had the pleasure of connecting with her recently over Facebook. I love social media for the way that it connects us with other like-minded individuals and other bright lights in the world who really sparkle and and we can vibrate with. And so uh, my guest and I had the pleasure of communicating over video chat a few weeks ago, and I just loved everything about her, her energy, what she stands for, the work she is doing in the world, the being that she is in the world. And I really wanted to introduce her to you. So today I would like to introduce Jeanette Carlson. Jeanette, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. So for those listening, I'll tell you a little bit about Jeanette. She believes that we are all co-creators of our reality. And the main shifting point for us is to stop looking outside of ourselves and start going within. Jeanette is a transformational master NLP coach since 2009, working with what she calls good girls to liberated women on self-love and self-empowerment through seminars, workshops, courses, and individual coaching. Her deepest belief and passion in this lifetime is self-love, that everything starts and ends with how much we can accept, forgive, appreciate, and love ourselves. The more we can do that, the more joy and peace we are feeling, and the more we get what we are all longing for, deep love, connection, and fulfillment in life. So I cannot wait for our conversation as I just know it's going to be full of wisdom and insights and inspiration for our listeners. And for those listening, for um, if you listened before, you know how I like to start these off. And if you're new to the show, then welcome. I like to start each of our episodes off with an inspirational quote from a text or a book that I have read on my journey that has really served as foundational for my personal unfolding and for the unfolding of many, many others. And when I asked Jeanette what it is that she stands for, and as you can hear in her bio, she believes in self-love and that that is the foundation for everything. And I couldn't agree more. And I'm looking forward to discussing this with her because we haven't really gone into the depths of self-love before yet on this, on this uh, show. And so when I was sitting with that concept and I was thumbing through my Kindle to see which text I was going to choose to read from, a book that I hadn't yet selected came to mind. And I opened up The Four Agreements, which is an incredible book if you haven't already read it. And I was flipping through and I found a quote. I'm actually mashing a couple together because they together, I think, say something really, really profound. And so I'm going to read this quote to you all. And Jeanette, I'm also going to ask you as I read this to give your full attention over to the words and to hear what is it that is being expressed and communicated. And then what does that say to you or what does it bring up for you? And same as our listeners, you can really hear these words that were so poetically put together in this text and, and hear what meaning it has for you today and what truth it needs to speak to you today. And so this passage is from the four agreements. 
We have the need to be accepted and to be loved by others, but we cannot accept and love ourselves. Once you forgive yourself, the self-rejection in your mind is over. Self-acceptance begins, and the self-love will grow so strong that you will finally accept yourself just the way you are. That's the beginning of the free human. So Jeanette, as you hear that passage from the Four Agreements, which I'm curious if you have read or not. Yes, I have. A long time ago. One of my first books. Mm. I love how this journey takes us down different paths at different times. It's a book that I just read in the last, within the last year. And I find it fascinating that um, it was, again, it has been here for so long. And it was just the time for me to pick it up last year. So from that, where we taught, where he speaks about self-acceptance, self-love, being the foundation for the freedom of what it means to be human, what, what stood out to you or what's speaking to you right now? Well, first of all, it's an amazing quote and I, my whole spirit just sings, amen, because <laughs> that really sums it up um, for me, that I truly believe in the words that once we can come to the core of accepting and forgiving what we have done and what everyone else around us had done and drop the baggage, let go of the past and accepting where we are and who we are and our qualities and our gifts, etc. That's when we are finding, I believe, the true freedom um, to, to be, to express, to explore ourselves and life in the way we are supposed to be doing in our own unique way. Yeah. So one thing that's coming up as you were sharing that is this reminder for me that we are here to teach what we are here to learn. If you've heard that before. Yes, that, mm. that um, we each have our own path. And often those of us who especially step into the teacher role or the, the, the role of guide or um, we find that, at least in my experience, we navigate toward that thing we first need to learn ourselves. And so as, as I hear you speaking now, and as I'm reflecting on what you had sent to me in terms of why you're here and what you believe in, where did this start for you? Why is self-love or self-acceptance the thing you are here to teach and to share with others? Wow. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> do you want the long story or the short one? Okay, I try to make this as short as possible. Uh, I usually make a whole seminar of three hours on this um, with a lot of different uh, objects. But if, if it were in English, I would say let's direct them to that. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, well, to make it short, um, I think... Uh, I grew up in a family where uh, I was probably a little bit more um, of dad's girl. He was a social outgoing and I was the little girl of dancing and singing and I loved to perform whenever I could in front of mom and dad. But mom was a little bit more introverted and she didn't really give the same response as dad did. And I remembered very clearly two, three years old. And that continued later on that I never really got that appreciation from her. And 
I didn't remember it consciously, but I can see afterwards that I've always been that drive to get that appreciation. And since I didn't, she was more introverted. I was more extroverted like that. So I try to form and be slowly getting into that good girl, getting a lot into my mind instead of in my body as a dancer and a singer, a very expressive. I jumped up into my brain, became the good girl in school and sports and all that stuff. Very appreciated as a friend, always the one helping everyone. And uh, later on, when I was 15, the, the, my dance teacher said, Jen, you can be one of Sweden's best dancers. You have to do this education. And I came home super excited. And they like, no, Jen, you have to be smart. That's never going to be any career. Choose something else. And I didn't have my bunch of friends who I could turn to. They, mom and dad were sort of the ones I was looking up to. So I was following their advice. And um, I just, I became a healthcare support worker because I wanted to help people. And then along the way, about 16, 17 years old, something, I remember it so clearly, we were up skiing in the north of Sweden. And in my school, we were supposed to choose whether to do economics or continue studying history and religion. And nothing, nothing got exciting for me when I was thinking about those paths. And I was a little bit sad. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And that's when I started to ask myself, like, what, why am I doing this? Well, who am I living for? Why? But I never really came, like, it didn't go any further. Yeah, I just remember that thought popping up and I pushed it away. And uh, then a friend I said, well, maybe you should be a doctor because that's at least you can help people. So I tried to apply for doctor school. I was on the reserve list for one and a half year uh, when someone said, hey, do you want to join for traveling? So I traveled around the world. I earned a lot of money to just travel for one year. And when I came to Asia, that's when I found about holistic health acupuncture, yoga, meditation. It was the first time when my spirit lit up and I got super happy. I was like, wow, this is something that I want to do. So I went back, became acupuncturist uh, for three years and later on a coach. And I thought, now I found my thing. Like, this is the way I want to help people in a holistic way. And in my trip around the world, I've met the man of my life, Sean Hardy. <laughs> and I thought this was the man. This was the man I've always been longing for. The guy I was in love with in school who never saw me. Suddenly, he, he, here he was. So I actually moved to New Zealand where he was. And I lived there for two and a half years. And I thought this was it. This was where I was going to live. Um, but that was not the case. Um, Later on, looking back in the mirror, I could see that I was not really true to myself. My gut feeling, I don't know about you, Amanda, but for many of, I know me at least, I've, I've had that gut feeling when something is not right. Mm -hmm. And in my case, my stomach was always reacting every time I was not true to myself. I was having stomach problems, but I was just ignoring it. And then one day uh, we broke up. He was with another woman. And my heart literally broke. I thought this was the end of my life. My whole, my dream, my man, everything was just crashing. So I went back home 
and continue working because in my family we didn't share emotions we didn't talk about emotions so after one week coming back my parents said when are you going to start working and i was still heartbroken but i just like put on the hard good face started working opened my clinic again as a coach and nine months down the road something just stopped i went to work but i was dead inside and I did this for like a few weeks and I didn't understand what it was. I was like, was this depression or what is this? Like everything was dead inside. So I went to my coach and in the session she asked, I hear what your mind is saying, but what is your heart saying? And that question literally opened up my heart and I was just flooded with tears. I had to stop everything I, I said no to my projects and my clients and i just knew i had to face this sadness so for four months i was laying on the floor crying going to the forest behind me eating meditating crying sleeping i didn't do a lot once a week i called my parents said i'm okay they were they were a nervous breakdown. You have to go to psychiatrist now. This is not okay. I said, it's okay. It's okay to cry, mom. You don't have to go to psychiatrist for that. But of course, for them, it was a big thing. But I knew that I had to go through this. And on the floor, laying there on the floor, I was going through all the times in my life when I had compromised myself in relationships with friends, jobs, all the way down to when I was a small girl. And due to the, the, the transformation of coaching process, I could go through it myself and see the little girl, how, how, how I tried to make myself likable by my surrounding. And when reaching the two-year-old, before she started to change herself to be liked, I met the pure me, the one who I was born to be the pure light that I believe we all are. And I saw a happy little girl dancing, singing, and I, and I just cried like a baby. But this time I cried out of joy. I don't have any kids myself, but I have five nieces and nephews. And I, and I seen them born. It was something near to that. It was like I was meeting my own child. And that pureness, that joy. And she said, I want to make people happy. I want to make this world a better place. I want to dance. I want to sing. In that moment, I promised her that I'm going to do anything to make her happy. That I'm never going to push her away again. That she's going to be my guiding star in life. Because that is my essence. Not something I just do once a week. But something that she has to be with me every day. So from then on, I realized I need to appreciate, accept, and love myself for who I am. And this was in 2012. So I would say that's when my journey started of loving myself. And the insights just came every single month from then on. And I was getting myself back. And I was starting to, to get insights and, and also people coming my way who had different knowledge in this because this is a huge, huge uh, topic. So I had to find information and, and insights and teachers and mentors from different places to, 
to come back to me, find out who I was. And this is a journey that just continues. So it, it, I'm not enlightened in any way. It's just this, this journey just deepens. Yes, it's that is. would be the longer version. Oh, well, that was a beautiful, perfectly paced version. That was exquisite. And the, I mean, it brought tears to my eyes and chills to my body multiple times hearing about this little girl that you reconnected with. And even now speaking about it, I can feel the emotion right under the surface. It is such a tremendous experience to reconnect with our essence, as you say. And what I love about how this is supportive of your self-love journey and what you are now here to proclaim to everyone. And I, is this a concept of where was it where you compromised who you are? Uh, where was it that you, in another word, I might say, where did you abandon yourself? Where did you leave yourself? And I think that's such a powerful way of looking at self-love. So self-love is not purely, oh, I think I'm great. Mm. It's part of that. Mm, exactly this I'll is why talk more about that yeah yeah so self-love for me is such a huge topic it's not like you say it's not only self-compassion for me it's self-acceptance it's self-respect it's self-honoring it's self-confidence self-esteem self-awareness and then so on there's so many it's like an umbrella with different uh, different um parts so i would say to answer your question about the way i compromised myself it started early i remember every time i was at parties it was like it was standing psychologist in my forehead because i ended up sitting and talking to every person who was sad and talking about their relationship problems trying to support them and help them even if i part of me wanted to but a part of me didn't want to um, but I noticed also that's where I was also getting confirmation that I was I was important to someone. And so it was double in that way. But I was always the one talking, calling people who were sad, even if they didn't call back. But I was taking my own time to make sure is everyone else is okay. And in that way, I I didn't have to look at myself because I was so busy helping everyone else. So in that way, I, was, I wasn't really aware that that was actually uh, taking time for me, but it was. And there's been more clearly later on, that later down the track in my, in my later years, that how precious. And because that's a pattern, I would say it's almost like the zebra, that the stripes never really disappears. And this is a pattern I have to be aware of, that I think that, before it was very much I could get the confirmation also that I was needed and I was I was someone I was liked but now I also seen that I had that belief that I'm here to help and serve everyone this is my task this is my duty this is my responsibility and that is a very very heavy responsibility to carry so if I'm not aware that I can as a compromise my own time and what I really feel like doing because other other people are feeling bad so I need to be there to help them because they're feeling worse than I am mm -hmm. so that's one angle and on the men I was trying to change myself like I was you know I was an out expressive 
you know, I, I was making people laugh. Whenever I came into social events, I have this ability to make people relax, be authentic, be themselves by cracking jokes, by not taking myself too seriously. And so I could, I could get that clown sort of people like, wow, you're so funny. But I noticed when I was young that the, the, the cool girls or the, the hot chicks, they were more silent. They were more sitting, you know, cute. <laughs> you know, she, they, they were not the one. Hi, guys. <laughs> so the clown didn't get the guys as much as the cool, more silent girls. So I learned, Jen, calm down, put on some makeup, put on a push-up bra, be a little bit more, you know, like the rest. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to like not be too much because it was double. I had the, I'm not enough, but I also had, I'm too much at the same time. It's quite contradictory. So, so yeah, in many ways, and also the job, I was like, I, I, I shouldn't go for my dream. I listen to my parents because they know better. So to compromise my heart's desire and listen to the mind, the logic, and also what others is the biggest betrayal you can do to yourself. Yes. And I didn't know that at that time, but I know it today. And I, my whole system, you know, get tingling when I, and when I see this happening over and over again, because it's, uh, it, it's, 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 it's not a gift at all to this planet. We need, we need people who are true and who are living the truth of themselves. Beautiful. Mm. Okay, I have a question about forgiveness, and I'm curious if what has that looked like? Because in the quote that I read, and even what you shared with with us in your bio, that forgiveness is a piece of this. And how does that play in? Did you need to forgive yourself? Did you need to forgive others? Is it a you know? Is it continuing? What does that look like? Oh yes, that's a continuous. It was hard for a long time. It was quite bad, and I feel ashamed of it. But I had didn't have respect for my mom for a long time till some I was about 25 I remember writing it in my diary because I felt that because we didn't really have that connection that I was longing for I wasn't even aware that I was longing for it but I could see it later on when I was doing my work that we didn't really have that mother and daughter work uh, relationship uh, talking about sex and, and, and guys and, and periods and all that girl stuff and uh I was angry. I was feeling like, because I didn't have that connection I was longing for. But when I did my work and I was starting to go inwards, I realized that I am literally half of my mom. Not because I come from half dad, half mom, but I could literally see my qualities. Half of them comes from mom. So the half of me that I didn't want to accept within myself was the part that I didn't want to accept with mom. And once I saw this, my heart opened up because I realized if I don't integrate this part of me, because mom stands for the grounding, uh, the organization, the structure, 
the planning, all that stuff that for me was boring. Because I was more on the dad's side, which is more outgoing and here and just social. But I needed to see that there was a big part of me as well. So once I saw that, and I also saw that she's bringing in the love in me, she's the nurse, she's the one who's caring, that is actually very, very much for my mom. And when I could see that, and I could also see where she's coming from, from her past, that she has done a tremendous work compared to where she came from. My heart opened up even more. So I could truly forgive her around 25 years old. And, and from then on, our relationship is just going deeper and greater. And I love her with all my heart. I appreciate her so much. And even if we are so different in different journeys, we just love each other more and more. Every time we see each other, it's just more joy. So mm -hmm. I have forgiven her. There's nothing more to forgive in that end. Um, that and the other hand, we still have some difficult, like not difficulties, but I can see there is, there is still that sometimes hate love. And I can see that, yes, we are very different and I can forgive from, for what has happened in the past. I'm not holding on to that anymore because I can see that is really just putting myself in a jail more than anything else. And also time is going by and I can accept that they are who they are, like everyone is. I am who I am. And I can try and change people the way I want them to be so they understand my point of view and my philosophy and my way of living. And I could struggle for the rest of my life. Or I could just try and accept them and see what do we have in common? What topics can we talk about? Where can we build a bridge for the time we are living together? So those I have, I think those were the biggest persons I needed to forgive. But there was once I let that go, there was a lot of things that let go of myself as well. But also my own, I need to let, forgive myself for the things I didn't know. Um, the, the, I, I've been really good at beating myself up. Oh, I should have known. I should have been different. And I shouldn't have accepted that or why didn't you know that before and your gut feeling told you a long time ago why didn't you leave the relationship earlier Jen? but thankfully i have always had this connection to something deeper spiritually that have said that everything is always unfolding perfectly and for you to learn something so once i've always seen what i'm here to learn i can forgive quite easily So many chills. This is okay, so fantastic, Jen. Thank you. I would love to uh, now you going back to something you said earlier about your little girl, your true essence, and you just that beautiful connection and how you, you now see yourself being with her every day and that she is your you she's your guiding light, almost as you said, would you paint a picture now for us of what does that look like? What does it look like to live your life day to day being guided by your your true essence and your little girl oh um i would say in the beginning it was more that i had to really talk to her like every day on a daily basis to get that relationship 
going so I was having her very close to me like for months I was like where is she it's like are you happy she was like because she's she's the one representing the pure joy pure love the pure happiness and she just want to dance and sing and all of that and if I don't do that long enough or enough I'm starting to feel sad and then I notice that she is sad so in the beginning I could really see her now it's more that she's already integrated in my body. So I noticed that straight away that I'm feeling sad. And I just, and then I know instantly, all right, you are not living truth. You're not living true to yourself right now. You're too much in your mind. For what reason? Hmm, all right. So it's like I'm having a dialogue with her but not that I see her around me as I did in the beginning, if it makes sense. Uh, it's already integrated now. So I just have that, okay, what is that you need? What is it that you longing for right now? So I'm asking myself that question. Um, I have to ask that question if I notice that I'm, I'm starting to feel uh, stressed or heavy or sad. I, I My whole system starts to, I either... I either like cannot function with the work, like I cannot think clearly. So I was like, I need to sit and meditate. And then when I drop in, I start to feel the sadness. I feel the stress. And then my natural question is, what is it that you are longing for? What is it that you need? And then it's like, I need a siesta. I need a nap. Mm. Or I need to dance. I need to go out in nature. I need to just be. This is too serious right now. Okay. So it's like I'm having the dialogue already, but I don't see her. She's already in me, if you know what I mean. So to have that daily dialogue with myself and, and my body. So it's more than having the dialogue between my mind and my body nowadays. Because it's easily for me that the mind goes away in a lot of to-do lists and must and all that stuff. And the more I'm listening to my body, which is always holding the truth then I am back on my track again. And I have to then meet the ideas and the beliefs that the mind believes in. We have to do this. What will people think of us if we don't do it in this tempo and we don't deliver this or if we don't? It's like, okay, is this, is this true? Are you feeling happy believing this? Is this serving you? No. So... And the, 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 the older I get, the more aware I become of how much negative beliefs are still visiting me and coming back and trying to, to drive this car in life. And I'm getting back again to my body, which is always communicating the truth if we're on the right path or not. Because I feel the tension, I feel sadness, I feel heaviness. And that is always a, a signal stop what is going on mm -hmm. mm. i love that the truth is found in our body and what a declaration of self-love it is to honor the truth and to not compromise that out of shoulds or obligations or out, out of those those fearful beliefs and thoughts that do come up because in some ways in some way we've been conditioned, we've been programmed, you know, those, I think for me as well on this journey and those listening, we might get to that point of thinking, well, 
aren't I, aren't I beyond this? You know, aren't I, you know, aren't I not, shouldn't I be having more positive thoughts nowadays, et cetera. And, uh, and I, I have at least found, and it sounds like what you just shared is similar that they still, they still come in and they still grab my attention sometimes first thing in the morning. And what it, what I'm learning to do and what it sounds like you've learned is to, instead of getting caught up and following them and saying, Oh, that must be true. Really pausing and going, I, I actually don't believe that is true. So what's really going on? Or, you know, or, or is this purely a conditioned, you know, thought process I'm under? Or is, is there something that I'm longing for? And I love that question. What am I longing for? And then listening for the response. So yeah. I love, love that. Yes, yes. And what is it that I need uh, to ask for help to continue on that journey um, because it's one thing to like okay I'm longing for xyz I'm longing to dance more I'm longing to sing more okay but that doesn't still doesn't happen it's like comes up and then you go back to your mental work again so mm -hmm. the process is how can I so then you really to take action and like okay what is it that I need to change in my daily routines so that I can fit in the dancing and singing now. Because if I don't honor this, it would be exactly the same as having a child. And you say to a child, yeah, 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 we're going to go dancing. Yeah. And you say, when? Yeah, soon. <laughs> when? Soon. You know? <laughs> How much of a respect and faith and trust are you building in that relationship? None. And then you wonder why you're having fights in the family. And it's the same for us, as I see it, as if, I, if I'm not honoring this, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be having an inner chaos. It doesn't look like it on the outside, but on the inside, we all know that that's happening because mm -hmm. we have one idea going that way and then there's another feeling going that way and they are always in conflict. And then you need to look at, so what is really true in this situation? One is going on old belief system, like this is what's expected of you, and this is what you should be doing, and who, from where does that come from? Who, from whom? From where? For, to really start questioning it. Because once you start to put light on it, that's when the shadow starts to dissolve. And take help, that is what I want to come to. Like, if you can't do it yourself, at this top, I mean, I've been having so much help from others who have gone further than me in different types of, of um, hypnosis or regression or, or different type of healing work, well, like, you know, block by block has been dissolved and I cannot see it myself because we have our blind spots. But deep inside to like, if I'm really, really true, if I came out into a new village and someone said, hey, what do you want to work with in this village? What would you choose? But this first, I would love to be in the kitchen because I love to cook. No, I would love to play with the kids. I love to be with the kids. Or I can be the one building because I love building. Like, what is the first thing that comes up for you, like that you would love to do? That is the little girl in you or the little boy. That is your essence. That is what you were born to be doing. And this is what I think is so important that we take the time. And if you don't have, if you don't know how to find it, there are different ways of, this is what I do with clients. I'm trying to help them to see what is their true essence because that is our guide. And we have to find that first and then learn how to follow that because that is our mm -hmm. guiding star, as I call it. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I do need to ask because I'm purely, I'm so curious. Do you sing and dance every day? Yeah. yeah. Oh, every day. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I don't, I do it every day at home. This is, I have as part of my daily happiness, like in my morning routine. The morning routine sounds so serious, but my, my morning routines are not serious. They are just fun. So <laughs> I put on my dance music and I'm singing my mantra every morning and I just, as much and how loud as I wanted. Um, but then I also take, um, I go for salsa, I go for kizomba, and I also have a, a bigger group of mantra people uh, singing mantras with regularly. Mm. So yes, mm-hmm. uh, otherwise I would be a dead person. I don't understand how I, how did I live before? I don't understand. <laughs> I, I, can, no. I can appreciate that question right now. Oh, that's inspiring. Well, Jeanette, before I, I shift to our, our closing questions that I ask each of my guests, I want to know, is there anything else around these concepts, those self-love, self-acceptance, forgiveness that you desire to share with our listeners? Anything else? Well, if this one sentence, it would be to really listen and honor your body because it's always telling you the truth. And the quicker you start to listen to it, the closer you are, the quicker you're getting to your truth. And I know it's scary because I don't really know why it's scary because I've never really been scared of looking and feeling the body. But I know for a lot of people, because maybe then they have to change. They might have to change the environment, the work situation, the relationship. And they don't know what's going to happen. And it's like, it's all right. I just take some more paracetamol for my headache. I just take some more medicine for my stomach ache. It's okay. It's okay. I don't have time for this. I don't have time to be sick. I don't have time to look at, look into myself. I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time. But that is the ringing bell that you are out of alignment with yourself. So the quicker you find the courage to meet yourself the quicker you will come to the freedom and the contentment that that i believe we're all longing for and looking for but we think it's going to be in getting money to buy a car if i just live in hawaii everything is going to be fine or if i just if i just if then i'm going to be happy but i believe that that the, the happiness you can start to find already here in your situation exactly where you are but to listen to the body, that is, that is the first key mm-hmm. to the self-love and to the peace we are longing for. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Well, on that note, I would love to ask, because that has been so inspirational and I, I have felt inspired. I am, I, as you were speaking, I am envisioning myself the shoes and I know that they have not been worn more than once and I need to go find a salsa class. So I think that will be my takeaway from this, uh, from this conversation. So my question to you now is who is a source of inspiration for you and why? One woman that comes up, uh, which is actually not alive anymore, but there was a woman called Shakti Milan. And Shakti Milan was a um, tantric woman who died just one year ago. And uh, she was working uh, with um, 
yeah, Tantra, which is a feminine, the masculine energy, which is very, very close to my heart because this is what we are born with, all of us, no matter what gender. And to find the balance between these two, to go into the different qualities of these and to understand the beauty of these two different energies and how that is a reflection of everything in life with the yin and yang and, and the darkness and the light and the day and the night and the male and female and everything. To understand this within ourselves is to understand everything that happens around us in, in the world as well. But she was also working a lot with sexual trauma and it's very interesting since uh, uh, our power, uh, our life force comes from the second, the first, the second chakra, which is the where also the sexual power is. And once we are blocked there, it's very hard to get um, life force and life vitality flowing in our in our lives. So that is very exciting for me to um, that is a woman who has been very grounded. You know, very calm, very wise, but at the same time very connected upwards spiritually, and uh, has helped a lot of people through the through self love of of the sexual power to get people awakened again because we're so locked down in so in so many ways, especially sexually. So that is a very inspiring woman. I've been reading just for one year, so she was the first one that popped up. So I love, I love people who are very, uh, both having the groundedness to have the, how to work out this normal mundane life, uh, relationships and, and money and all that stuff, but still very connected spiritually. So we're getting um, inspiration from below as from above. Mm, beautiful. But then the others, so in different ways, depending on what areas we are talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's lovely. And I, I actually am again, I, you've mentioned her once before to me, and I'm once again reminded to go look, look at some of her teachings as well. So beautiful answer. Uh, the second question is what place or activity is really inspiring you right now? One, one of the many, but something perhaps that lights you up? Well, right now, I would say it's, it's nature at the moment. Uh, at this time in life, uh, I'm in a phase where it's a very calm energy. It's almost like I'm a bit hibernating. Um, it's not so much outward energy. It's very more intro, a little bit more, I would say, about the feminine energy, where it's more silence and being a lot in my body. And that's for me, I feel like going out in nature and connecting and sitting by the trees or by the water and just be silent and listen to what comes out of the silence. Mm. So activities would be <laughs> just being and whatever comes up in the moment, like, whoa, this feels light and exciting. I do that if I can, but I'm not planning so much. I'm allowing, I'm giving space in my calendar as much as I can right now to allow this, um, if you call it the feminine flow, where my body is showing me what it needs right now, what type of food, what type of activity that is most joyful. And if there's anything I could, a very, very important uh, tool that has helped me so much since my four months on the floor six years ago was that to follow if it feels light in my body. 
if it feels light, it was it's a green light from my spirit, if from my body. If it feels heavy, it's a no. So whatever someone says, hey, do you want to have a pizza? I just tune in and feel, ah, I feel a bit heavy on that one. Even if I know pizza is yummy, but right now I feel heavy. So it's a no. Mm. And to do that on every single thing that someone asks me about, or it's like, do you want to go out? Oh, that feels super light. Yeah, I will. So really to follow mm. the moment of that, that's what I'm... Oh, I love that. So, so great. And so practical. And, and what a practice, right? What a practice. Mm. The, uh, I'm, there's so many things I'm, I'm just taking away from this. I'm, I'm having such a ball. Uh, the next question now, again, probably for people to be scribbling notes, uh, but I, I will ask if you can limit it to one. I mean, you, you can certainly share more. Don't feel like you need to. What would be one of your favorite books that has inspired you either personally or spiritually on your, on your path? I think uh, one of my first books was, what is it called? Uh, is it the prophecy, the Celestine prophecy? Yes. Prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first spiritual book I came across, but also um, conversations with God with Neil Donald, Donald Walsh. Um, I think um, in this whole process of finding myself and loving myself, I was asking all these questions like, why am I here? Why are we here? What are we doing? What is the purpose here? For whom am I living? And all these existential questions more or less. So these books came along and literally my whole spirit just like sang. Like, it's like mm -hmm. I found home. Mm -hmm. So I got a lot of clarity and a lot of things made sense to me. Even if other people would be like, this is BS. For me, it was the pure, pure truth. And still is. Mm -hmm. Like I came from an atheist family. So no one has ever talked about god or spiritual stuff or angels or anything but i've always known it always since i was a small child i remember it very clearly but i didn't have any clear connection like i didn't see angels i didn't hear anything i didn't like i was reading all these people who could like feel and smell it and see it and i was like i don't so i had a belief i'm disconnected from god I'm disconnected from source it was a very big sadness I was carrying so I guess that was also part of me just reading about it going to my mind and reading about all this stuff because at least something was vibrating in me mm -hmm. but along the way it is a practice been a practice for me to drop into my body and start to trust that I'm fully connected now I know that I am clear conscience which is like I just know but I didn't know whether that was from my mind or whether it was that was. But it suddenly I just have new information in my coaching sessions or when I'm holding seminars that is so strong that I start to like get goosebumps. So I know mm. that, but I haven't trusted that. I was like, oh, this I just happened. I read it somewhere or something. But that that is that those books were. Um, was probably the first helpers on the way that yes you are 
like every one of us, the way I believe we are spirits in a physical body in this journey, in this lifetime to explore and experience what we want to experience in this lifetime, period. And then we shoot off and then we experience something else more than the opposite that I am my body and I happen to have a spirit. No, it's the opposite for me. So those two books was the first and then I have many more as well. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And again, uh, I I read both of those, but within only the last nine, six to twelve months, six to nine months. So they've been later editions on my journey. And what powerful books! Uh, oh my goodness. And I'm actually staring right now at the tenth insight, uh, yeah. which is the second, the follow up to the Celestine Prophecy. I haven't read it yet, but it's sitting here on my book or my my desk waiting to be read. So my last question, I, I trust many people are inspired to reach out to you or get to know you better or, or follow your teachings and wisdom. Where can people find you? What would be the best means for them to get in touch? Well, um, still I am operating in Sweden one-on-one uh, -on -one and my, my physical live events, my seminars and workshops and courses are still in Stockholm in Sweden. So if you're living there, you're more than welcome to join me there. Uh, and my website is my name. So it's Jeanette Carlison. So maybe I have to spell it somehow. Uh, and I'll link to it below in the show notes as yeah. well. Yeah. So, um, but my website is still in Swedish. This was, this came out of the blue, this podcast opportunity. So me and my director, web designer, looking into how we can, make it into English as well. But otherwise, I'm also holding uh, Skype sessions online. So if there's anyone who feel like they want to have a session with me, I'm doing that. Usually two hour sessions and just, yeah, you can sign up. Then usually we are going deeper into several sessions because there's never a quick fix in any way. And we have to um, release layer by layer. So you can reach me if you feel like you want to do some some inner work for that, you're more than welcome. Awesome, beautiful. So yes, I will link to her website. Her name, Jeanette Carlison, uh, also the title of this episode. Find her, uh, send her an email, reach out, connect with her. I think that would be, I've, I've had a Skype session with her. We didn't go into that depth, but boy, was it still an inspiration. So I highly recommend it. Jeanette, I so appreciate you taking the time to spend with us and for all of the listeners to tune in and take some time for yourself to be inspired, to tune into your true essence and to hear that being reflected back to you. Because I think we all already know all of these things. You listening already know everything that we've shared and talked about and everything that's in the books that we have referenced. And yet sometimes it takes hearing it or reading it, or seeing it, or feeling it, to be reminded of it, and to remember it. And that's why we listen to podcasts, and read the books, and have the conversations. So thank you for tuning in. And Jeanette, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor and joy to, uh, to participate. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Well, for all those listening, you can certainly subscribe to this uh, podcast wherever you're listening to it. Um, check out Jeanette. Come over to my website, amandajohnson.tv, if you haven't already. 
you can check out my book Becoming Enough and stay tuned for book two that will be coming out this fall. So I'll be sharing more about that. And until next time, many blessings.